Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. have kind of an advantage compared to other teams and it's an advantage because the Pirates are not at the same level as other teams in Major League Baseball pretty much all of their position players are in camp and not running off to the World Baseball Classic I mean with the exception of of a couple of pitchers this team is intact with each other in camp for the next couple of weeks they definitely have that advantage. And, and like you said, it's, it's basically David Bednar, Rowanzi Contreras, Dwayne Underwood Jr. as a kind of like a filler. He's an innings-eating reliever is what he's been over the past couple of years. But, yeah, all the position players are there. They're, you know, getting regular time to gel together. I mean, there is some, like, little switching out at, at second base and shortstop is kind of where the fillers go in for the most part. Uh, but, yeah, I mean – a lot of times you're looking out there and it's Cabrian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz. Then you go Rodolfo Castro and, you know, Santana It's or Choi. It's one of those guys is is there. And even across the outfield, it's, it's pretty much the same. It's Reynolds, Sawinski, and we've seen Connor Joe run out there. And, I mean, you will get some of those those off nights where, you know, you're playing Miguel Anjuar in, in right field or, or somebody or, or Chavez Young, but – I mean, for the most part, th- these guys are together all the time right now. Yeah, and, and you know, I also find it interesting when I look at the the roster for this team. And I found I, one of the things that's great is that you can just simply go to fan graphs. We we've had we've had Jason Martinez on this show before, and, and I've had conversations with him off the air, and he he tells me, you know, I do the best I can to project lineups, but I do depend on those that cover the team to sit there and tell me like, Hey, this is what's going on in camp. And I can, I can kind of guess but when it comes to projected lineups, you know, any kind of information you can give me, let me know. And I've given him information. I'm sure you've given him information before about like, Hey, this is what I'm hearing because he's trying to project the lineup. His one through nine right now on the projected opening day roster looks like that's it. Right. And it's interesting. A team that was a hodgepodge of nothing, which I believe Dennis Eckersley called them last year doesn't really look like a hodgepodge of nothing this year because they're, they're doing something that we talked about all off season. And even into the middle of last season, we were talking about what's the next step in the rebuild. And that is saying, okay, these guys, these young players, these prospects, they're ready for the majors. They're ready to take a role. Those that are not ready. We're not waiting anymore. 
we're going to go fill in. We don't need the high price free agent. I wish they would spend money on the high price free agent. I mean, remember, I gave a plan where we were going to go out and spend all of Bob Nutting's money and more, but they're never going to do it, but they should. But they at least now put a bunch of Major League Baseball players in between the, the guys that are the prospects. They have some veterans that are on the team. And if you want to take a spot, you got to fight your way onto the roster. Yeah, because Chris, uh, before we hopped on here, I mean, we just went over what, what Jason had written down. I mean, you go around the horn, Austin Hedges, your starting catcher. Choi and Santana splitting time out there at first base. Yeah, first base DH, DH yeah. And Castro, O'Neill, Cabrian, Brian Reynolds, Andrew McCutcheon, Jack Sawinski, and and probably Connor Joe is is what it's looking right right now. And then as as really the fourth, it's really the fourth outfielder and a guy who, let's be honest, can move over to first base. You don't necessarily have to take an older Santana and place him at first because Joe's played first base as well. He used to do that for Colorado enough that I remember that he was always eligible to be a first baseman in our fantasy league. And I think he got to play like twenty games at the position to get that eligibility. So, like, he he can do that as well. So, th- those guys are probably set. Plus, you're going to take Plowecki as your, as your catcher. So, there's only two spots, if you're assuming Joe's making the roster, that we're watching spring training to see who gets those spots. Because it seems to me like they know who their starters are. Yeah, and when we talked last week, I mean, when I had to maybe say what it would have been then, I was, I was thinking Bay and, and Marcano, because they could both play infield and outfield, but... As you know, you're starting to listen to narratives that come out of of camp and from the the beat writers that are down there, and kind of like we've always said is if you know a beat writer or somebody starts talking about a certain player, it kind of means that they're hearing something about this player. They're not writing about this player, you know, for no reason. And over the past you know week or so, it's been Chris Owings who. I guess has been a non-roster invitee the past, you know, I think it's the past three years at different camps and has always made the team out of camp. And he's not making the team as a starter. He's making the team as a bench guy. He's making the team as somebody that you don't really worry if they're getting regular at bats or not. And that's where the difference is with a player like, like a Bay and a Marcano is, do you want to sit them on the bench and, you know, maybe have them only play two to three times per week? And yes, Bay and Marcano both can play some infield, both can play some outfield, but they've been playing a decent amount of uh, infield. And the outfield we've been talking about is, is super full right now. Cause even after you mentioned those four guys that are in the outfield, you know, Travis Swaggerty has been playing pretty well. Uh, Kanan Smith and Jigba doesn't look terrible. Uh, Cal Mitchell, if he could field, <laughs> would be doing a lot better because we know he can hit. But it seems like there's a it's pretty packed out there. So it's almost like, yeah, we're going to keep those guys possibly down in AAA. And, you know, Pirates fans' heads are going to explode because they're going to call it like the second coming of, of Josh Van Meter. But Josh Van Meter was starting every day. I think there's a difference between having a Josh Van Meter come in and start and saying, I want to get at bats for a guy who could potentially not only be a bench piece, but may take the job of somebody in the majors. And and, and we want that person to go down and get 400 at bats. And we don't want him sitting on the bench getting 80 to 120 of them, because that's what Owings is going to get. I mean, this is a guy who's a career, uh, his, his F war 
is zero, negative zero point six. I mean, he's replacement level at best. He's a triple A player that you can put on your bench because he has versatility and plays multiple multiple positions. But other than that, I mean, like that's he's a placeholder until someone like look if the if the Pirates get off to a insane start. If this is lightning in a bottle this year, right? Don't worry. Owings won't last as the as the guy on the bench that's got the versatility. They'll bring up somebody better because they'll be trying to win. But for what the purpose of 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 like, you know, what their what their goal is this year is not to go out and win the Central Division. Their goal this year is to build upon what they have allow for more development and keep looking to future years here that are coming up very quickly in which they're going to be competitive. And in that case, you don't want to stump anybody's growth by leaving them on the bench for the majority of games. And remember, what were you always yelling about? It's ridiculous to watch this carousel of players because nobody ever gets a chance to go out there and hit for two months. Nobody, nobody shows up and knows where they're at in the, in the batting order. They don't know whether or not they're playing from day to day. They can't get a rhythm going. So you bring a guy like Owings who you don't care what happens to him. He's 30 years old or 31 years old. You don't care when, if he gets at bats or not. He's just happy to be there. He's there because you need somebody who's at least a major league capable of filling in from time to time. If somebody's sick, hurt, or needs to come out of a game for some reason or needs a day of rest, but otherwise... You're not stunting the growth of somebody else or feeling like you got to keep rotating at second base. You got to keep rotating at one of these outfield positions. Instead, everybody's playing, and those that need to develop are sitting down there in double A AA and triple A, getting at bats, getting reps, and trying to prove they belong on the roster. Yeah, and that's what it's going to be all about is is the reps. And and that's the other thing about spring training that I I feel like people kind of like they don't see is they're like, well, this guy hasn't played in like two or three days. This guy hasn't played in, you know, three or four days. What they don't understand is there's like four fields over at pirate city that these guys, if it's their day to pitch and there's, you know, only one game going on and there's so many guys that are quote unquote, what they call hot at the same time and need to pitch that day. They're running simulation games over there. There's guys they're getting at bats. It's not like, that everybody's sitting around there. You have how many pitchers right now that you have to run out there for like rotations and, and bullpen work and all this stuff. Like they there's, they're getting their work in. And that's where like people, <laughs> they make me laugh so hard, Chris. Cause they're like, you know, spring training stats don't matter, but then they talk about, you know, the guy, one of the guys I mentioned, like drew Maggi and like, like how well he's hitting and that O'Neill Cruz hasn't played for like three days. And I'm like, well, Ono Cruz is probably, you know, over there taking at bats from Rich Hill, who's only pitched once so far in this, you know, in this season, in this, you know, these spring training games, because he's even said like, man, I can just pitch over there on the backfield. I've done this a million times. So you may be getting work in with other people. And that's where spring training, these, everything just makes me laugh so hard that it's always a reaction like to one extreme or the other. Well, and and then don't forget that there's going to be cut downs that they're going to start telling some guys you walk over there to the minor league side of the camp. Okay. And, and, and there's going to be a cut down period where a week or so before the season starts, then you're going to see those guys playing regularly. What are you, you're planning on wearing them out. If they're getting their work in, they don't need to be in every game. 
But there's another kid that they may say, let's see what he looks like playing with some big leaguers, even though we're not planning on taking that kid with us, because this is the opportunity to give him some at-bats. So, I mean, spring training is a different animal than the regular season. Let's see what the lineups are that they're running out there a week before the season starts. And if we see some kind of surprise then, then we'll react to it. Otherwise, it doesn't make a lot of sense. When, we, when we're looking at this roster, though, and we went through those guys that are, that are making the team, and we have our backup catcher, and we have Connor Joe. Do you have two that you're pretty sure of? Do you have a grouping that you're like, this is the competition? What, 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 what do you, because you, you said Owings, but that's one guy. I think the other one is, is another outfielder. I think it's going to be an outfield bat. Um, just because uh, we've talked about before, Chris, that, you know, McCutcheon has, I don't know if he's slipped up or it, it's just what he's done. He's, he's DH'd a lot more you know, recently. So he's not going to be the full-time outfielder, you know, Connor Joe, I see him, you know, not being, he's going to be like, almost like the, like you said, fourth outfielder and possibly playing some first base. Those guys are going to be rotating into DH. And the other part is if, you know, Sawinski is possibly struggling at some point in time and, you know, you just may need to sit him down, get him a reset. I I feel like there's going to need to be another left-handed bat in there. And that's just kind of that grouping of Travis Swaggerty, Kanan Smith and Jigba, and Cal Mitchell. And right now, I would say that it's it's probably going to be Swaggerty if I had to be or if I was forced to choose at this point in time. I know it's early, but, you know, Kanan Smith and Jigba coming back from an injury, you know, broke his wrist last year wasn't able to like fully get going in, in like his off season until, you know, at some point in December. And the other part is I talked about like Cal Mitchell, I don't think he might be a man without a position because he just hasn't fielded the outfield really well, but can hit a little bit better. And Swaggerty is kind of the one guy that, you know, we didn't see get his shot. I mean, neither did Smith and Jigba, but he was injured but didn't get his shot in the outfield last year when they were doing that little carousel. I mean, Mitchell got a pretty good look. There's a decent amount of other guys, and then he got like a week. So I could see – I think they still have some of that faith in Swaggerty, the faith that they had in him for when they moved him up to AAA uh, after the the 2020 season, you know, the minor league season was canceled due to COVID – and moved him from not playing like any games in high A, not playing any games in double A, putting him straight into triple A. And unfortunately he was injured that year. So I think there is still some, some shine on him too. And he can play all three outfield positions and he plays them well. And he has a ridiculous arm. It's almost like one of those ones where if, if he could just hit even just a little bit, I mean, he's, he's more than serviceable. If you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. 
Three dynasties, one brand, Yins. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yins for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at www.shopyins. The emphasis on the two Zs. High quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold. Made for Yins by a Yinzer. You know what's funny is as we're sitting here talking, and we're recording, of course, on a Tuesday for Wednesday release, right here on the 7th, we have four cuts that just occurred in which four guys got sent to minor leagues, just like I was talking about. Yeah. Like, this is going to begin happening. Nunez is on his way to minor league camp along with Pagaro and uh, a couple of pitchers. I, I saw uh, Nicholas and Jones. Yeah. Kyle Nicholas and Jared Jones. So, so and, they, and they're still at 62 players in major league camp. They, they can only take 26 so like that's why they're playing some of these guys early because eventually they're not going to get to play at the major league level. There's a, there's a method to the madness. It happens in every baseball camp that's out there. Do you think that anybody has a chance of taking that fifth, uh, fifth starter spot from uh, Velasquez? Because that was the one where I sat there and said, here's a guy that could be moved into your bullpen. If only somebody could step up and take it from him but it doesn't seem like that's happening at least now. I know it's only the 7th of March. Somebody could go out there and have a couple of big starts and steal it from him because it's not like he's a world beater, but it, like that's that's a position for the taking and every pitcher in camp should be trying to grab that spot because it's not unattainable, at least in my mind. Yeah, I mean, the two that everybody had talked about and, and probably were the closest to it, uh, Oviedo, I would put right behind Velasquez and then Ortiz. Ortiz, he's he's been in two starts, and we saw him, it was like on Monday night, and for me, like we're talking about, like it's not about stats and different stuff, It's he wasn't even hitting his spots with, with his fastball. He wasn't getting the whiffs with his fastball, he's getting a little bit with his slider, he's trying to still develop that change up, but he was just kind of wild, like I don't even know if he struck anybody out last night, I know he gave up like seven hits, and had a few walks and, you know, didn't even tech. I mean, he technically made it through like one inning. He was in the second inning, but didn't even make it out of there. And just like, hasn't looked, it looks like he needs some more seasoning in, in AAA. And, and that's something that we had even mentioned you know, previously. It, it, I didn't see it even being a shot that he would be there. Oviedo, I, I don't think he's really done anything wrong. But it, it's all on that, you know, Oscar Marine says he wants him to be a starter. He's kind of like pulling bullpen innings right now. I Yeah, but a lot of starters will do that. They'll yeah. just they'll just schedule him for it. it he's not is he, he's not he's not coming in in the middle of an inning, is he? I haven't really looked that closely. No, he's not coming in the but, middle uh, of innings. He's not that guy. Yeah, that's, so yeah. that could just be scheduled. That's another way that they get guys in because not everybody's ramped up to be pitching six, seven innings right now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not like he's doing anything wrong. I just see that unless like Velasquez would get injured or somehow implode, I think that he was brought in that to to give competition, but to also give time to the guys who either I still like feel like Oviedo like had not really gotten ramped up even too much, even just towards the end of last season was where he was finally at it again. So it's almost like getting back into that routine, into that rhythm. And then Luis Ortiz developing that third pitch. So unless, like I said, Velasquez would get injured or implodes, I don't see anybody 
really pressing him for that. And Velasquez he hasn't looked bad. I mean, he's he's working on his four or five different pitches. And I know Yeah, but but Craig, but Craig, look, deep down in the end, what's the goal? I mean, what's the goal for Pittsburgh Pirates fans? One, for Bob Nutting to sell the team in the goal away. Yeah. All right, goal number one, but we can't attain that. Uh two is that Ben Sherrington figures out how with that ridiculous budget to put together a team that's competitive. But the idea is the the third thing, and that's the most important thing deep down is how do we win the division? How do we get into the postseason? How do we give ourselves a puncher's chance to to win a World Series? And that should be the goal. Well, Vince Velasquez is not on a World Series team. No, he's not. He would never appear in the rotation on a World Series team. So I guess when I look at this team, I sit there and say, okay, who are stars? Who are potential stars that could be on a World Series team? I think O'Neill Cruz could be a potential star. If he continues his development, he would be on a World Series team. Brian Reynolds is a high-end player. He would be on a World Series team. Andrew McCutcheon's towards the end of his career, and by the time that the Pirates have an opportunity to do this, probably isn't on the team or playing baseball anymore. Same thing with Carlos Santana. I'm not really sure about G-Man Choi. If he's really a guy who's on a World Series team, it depends on what's built around him. Cabrian Hayes, if he continues to develop and he becomes exactly what you want him to become, he could be on a World Series team. See what I'm doing here? And when I look at the pitching staff, Mitch Keller, you hope, and we've seen this now, we're starting to see positive signs. Remember, if you would have asked me a year ago, I laughed at you and said not a chance, could be if he develops somewhere in the rotation on a World Series team along with Contreras. And Hill is there at the end of his career to provide veteran presence. And JT Brubaker is a roll of the dice if he could ever end up on a team, if he could ever be of the caliber that you would need for a World Series or a pennant winning or even a division winning rotation. And Velasquez would never be on No, that. he wouldn't He'd be. be a swing man at best. No, and, and it's more of if if he is looking, you know, serviceable at this point in time unless somebody pushes him out of the way and that's like the biggest thing is that you can't just say well you know Vince Velasquez is never going to be part of that World Series team so we're just going to make Oviedo our our fifth starter because he could be Oviedo has still has to show that he's he's better than Vince Velasquez and right he has to take the job he has to take it from him that's what I'm saying like somebody's got to take it from him but if he was doing so if he was doing super well if somebody was killing it in spring then I'd be totally fine with him taking it right now. I wouldn't get in the way of him, right? Yeah. I'd be like, oh, this kid's got it, right? I mean, th- th- like, if you're a pitcher that walks in the camp, just put yourself in the place of any one of these young pitchers you walk in the camp. Your dream is to make the, make the major leagues. They're not blocking you with Vince Velasquez. You're blocking yourself by not <laughs> taking him out. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, he isn't sitting there like a big, like, stone in the road that you can't move. He's something that if you have the ability to be a major league pitcher, you should be able to just kick that rock out of the way and take that spot. And if nobody goes and takes it, that's on them. You know, like, I mean, if the, if the pirates had built things to a point where they, let's say they brought in not only Rich Hill, but they brought in another guy, let's say they go and they get themselves a, a a high end pitcher. That's really a major league starter that you're paying money to, and you're not going to just drop him. And he really is a roadblock, but he's not part of your long-term plans. I'd be annoyed with that. Right. Velasquez was perfect. Because what you did is you you have Keller, Contreras, and Brubaker as the best pitchers that are of a younger age that are long-term plans that you're hoping to see take another step and another step after that. And you have the veteran in Hill who you know who he is and he's going to be an anchor in your rotation. And then you have the swingman in Velasquez who's just sitting in the five spot waiting for you to take his job, right? 
And, and, and that's what he's there for. Other teams have used him in that exact same way. That's how the Pirates are using him. So I guess, like, to me, I know we haven't gotten, you know, halfway through spring training yet, and a lot of things can change as guys get ramped up, but I guess I'm surprised that nobody is even, like, you know, challenging for it, right? Because it's there. This is your dream. Go get it. He's not in the way. Yeah, and I, I think that I, I don't know if it's just that guys are dusting the, the rust off right now or if, you know, they are just working on certain stuff. But like I said, when when you're throwing what are supposed to be your top two pitches, you better be killing it. And that's what you right. need to be doing. And if you're not doing that, then, like I said, you're just basically not proving that you should be there. I mean, even people that were – completely on the, you know, Luis Ortiz bandwagon throughout the whole offseason were like, eh, maybe he does need a little bit more time in AAA to kind of work on some stuff. And, I mean, he's still young. It's not like we're, you know, ending his career at this point in time. It's it's just that frustrating thing that I feel like all Pirates fans feel is that, well, of course they're going to start Vince Velasquez because they brought him in here and paid him $3 million and they're going to do this. Oh, come on. $3 million is nothing. Uh, And they're going to do this service time manipulation with all these other players because all this other stuff. And you know what? I've seen service time manipulation last year with O'Neill Cruz was service time manipulation. That's service time manipulation. When you have a guy that pretty much struggled with walks and struggled with command and control at times and and did make a few good starts at the end of the year for your major league team. And he kind of comes into spring training and and is looking like a guy who needs a little bit more time against, you know, maybe not as competitive as hitting and and getting knocked the crap around like he did on his, you know, his last spring training start, then, then okay. That's not service time manipulation. That is the guy's not ready. It's okay if the guy's not ready. I mean, you're hoping that at some point in time that he is ready and that he does become a member of this staff because we know that even if, you know, Bob Nutting is talked into spending, you know, a certain amount of money on a, a starter, it's never been – I mean, we we praise, you know, the, the Burnett's and we, you know, the Francisco Lirianos and stuff, but it wasn't like those were like – huge money signings. No, I mean, so, no, they weren't. So, I mean, that's where it's like, yeah, I mean, most of the starters are going to have to either be these guys that kind of show up and overperform for a year, or they're going to have to be, you know, the guys that they acquired, like in an Oviedo, the trade for Quintana to be able to bring in somebody who could build up to be a starter. But I mean, it, it's, it's just a very, it's, it's a very weird time, Chris, because it's all about the spring training narratives. It's all about what the the players are saying now. It's it's all about, I don't know. It's all about that veteran leadership. That's like the big thing that's going around right now. And yeah, they do have good veteran leadership. But to me, like, I'm happy they have it right now to bring some of those younger kids along. But what's the difference about people complaining that, you know, Derek Shelton's a lame duck manager. Carlos Santana's a lame duck first baseman like he's gonna tell them guys this is how you win but guess what but guess what carlos santana's goal is to be on another team like he was on the mariners at the end of last year competing for a world series it's not to be dancing in the locker room with you know the pirates when they win like a game like a big game or something towards the end of next year that brings them to i don't know 70 and, and 92 so it's the one thing, it's the one position that the Pirates really don't have a guy 
that like just jumps off the page like well that's eventually his spot right down in the minor leagues like I I mean like there's nothing I'm not sold on the idea that Malcolm Nunez could all of a sudden become the first baseman of the future it's not like that you know it's you know when you when we talk about the pitching rotation we look at Velasquez you know that eventually Quinn Priester is coming right but on the other hand he may not have everything worked out well enough for them to bring him to the majors right now. It doesn't even seem like they're considering it. I mean, he didn't even do a pitch a full inning the last time he was out there. He was used like a relief pitcher, No, right? So right, he's not in the plans. No, right now, if you had to put it in order right now, it's of the young guys, the quote-unquote young guys. It's Oviedo, it's Ortiz, probably Mike Burrows ahead of Quinn Priester, and then you have Priester. But Priester's got the highest ceiling, right? I mean, isn't Priester the best prospect out of that group? I mean, I think he is. I think he is if if he can figure out what type of pitcher he is because he can't figure out if he's a high, uh, you know, a high zone four seam guy or if he's a you know, bottom of the zone sinker kind of guy. I mean, he he's he's trying to discover who he is, but he's also that's the other part about him is you look at his age. I mean, the dude is like super freaking. He's twenty one, isn't he? Super freaking young. Twenty two. How many how many twenty yeah. one year olds in the past like? I don't even know, like 10 years have the Pirates had in their system as one of their top pitchers in AAA. So I think that's where yeah. we're kind of like putting, like the, some people are putting the heart, the uh, cart before the horse because, man, he's, he's 21. That's actually pretty awesome. Be excited that he made it. Be excited that he made it to AAA so quickly. All these these prep products that you go out and you draft that, like, you know, these high school kids, they, they, don't, they don't normally make it that quickly. You're bringing him in so that you can teach him instead of the college. I mean, he's 21 years old and he's in AAA, right? Didn't he? He was a prep uh, draft pick, wasn't he? He's out of uh, Cary High School in Illinois. Yeah, he's a prep. He's a prep draft pick. Those, I mean, look, those are a roll of the dice. You're grabbing raw talent at a young age that you're saying, well, rather than have a pitching coach in college mess him up, we want to be the one that teaches him. That that doesn't mean that you actually always succeed. For him to be at that age sitting in AAA, that's an accomplishment. But I, again, uh, uh, like I look at the rotation, I can pick out, there's three guys in there right now that you hope do something, right? Yeah. And then I ha- then we have a couple of stop gaps, stop gaps. One of them, you would get out of the way right away in, in, in Velasquez if somebody were able to come along and take his job. Now, at some point when you become competitive, there's no way you're going to have five pitchers that you developed in your minor leagues. You're going to have to go out and sign somebody. Like Bob Dudding will have to open up the checkbook. He's going to have to dust it off. It's got cobwebs on top of it. It's locked in a safe that sits inside of another safe, and it's surrounded by a moat with 12 alligators inside of it. All right? It's wired to explode if the wrong person comes anywhere near it, and Bob himself probably said it so it would blow up if he went near it because, God forbid, he's spending any money. Right? But <laughs> right, <laughs> he he sends an intern in just in case, so the intern can be sacrificed because he's rich and he doesn't want to spend his own money. So you got to get through that problem. But at some point, you're going to fill one of those spots. You would assume with a a solid free agent signing when you're ready to make your run and be able to then surround that person with at least three really good pitchers you developed. And if your fifth starter is a Vince Velasquez type or somebody that came from your system that sits at that level, that may be what the pirates at least walk into a season in which they're competitive with, you know, but you need that as a minimum for this team. So, yeah, I mean, I like to me, again, I keep looking at that fifth uh, starter spot and I keep saying, well, until somebody 
rises up and takes that job, there's still another step or two here for this team. Yeah, and and you can't really disagree with that, Chris. It's it's just gonna. I know it's gonna set people off, but I, I hate to keep telling people to be patient because I'm not being the most patient person in the world at times. But it, why should you be? I mean, come on, this has been taking forever, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's taking forever. This rebuild would move quicker if the owner wasn't so cheap, right? Yeah, be able to, be able like to push ben forward. Sherrington could, he could have built at a quicker rate if the guy that had the checkbook would dust it off and put the alligators in their cage. Yeah. But it, but that's not but that's not him. So it, it, we have to go through a very painstaking, very long build because of the way that the owner spends money or doesn't spend it. That's, the, I mean, so you have a right to be frustrated about that. Yeah, because right? I mean, Vince Velasquez was supposed to be Sean Manaya or somebody else. It wasn't supposed to be Vince Velasquez. Exactly. And, and that, I mean, think about that. If they would have just gone out, like, look at this team that you have right now and imagine if they would have just gone out, like we said at the beginning of the year, and they went out and got a legit middle-of-the-order free agent hitter to play first base, and they went out and got a legit top three in the rotation all the way up to two or one that they had control of for the next couple of years. Your build could have continued. You would have still gotten the same, and you would have won more games. Your build would have continued, and you would be a lot, another step or two closer to the eventual goal. But instead, they didn't go that way because of how he spends money. And so the, so the, it, it, he, he draws out the rebuild. You know, it, whether you like the build or not, whether you like the process or not, he makes it longer with how cheap he is. Meanwhile, you got the Padres out there and they're going to turn out, they're going to no longer be a team that gets money from Major League Baseball and revenue sharing. They're going to have to pay in because they found a way in their market to spend money to make money, which is a basic business principle that somehow this billionaire doesn't get. Okay, now I'm frustrated again. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say. 